welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater of the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode, and leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there is an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me A Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep blocktalk going strongly with a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaterinthenow.com for this news, reviews, and interviews. Swifties unite! New music has dropped, a comedian is banned, and a Broadway star, well, quits. It's time to talk all things Pop 5 Weekly Wrap-Up. If a headline was made, then it's fair game for shade. Joining me on the panel this week is Zalika. Could you believe I woke up? I know, this is crazy. I feel like when there is money on the line for you, you wake up. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Crazy. Crazy how this world works. I mean, there was really, let's be honest, there was no money on the line for me in Iconic. There was no way I was going to win because I'm not an Astoria queen. But like, I woke up for that. That's true. That's true. Even though the show was at um, what, like eight o'clock every week. Um, you know, sorry, it was far from where I was living. Whatever. That's fair. That's fair. All right, we'll be taking five pop culture topics, headlines, stories, and rather than the usual rapid fire, we will be breaking them apart and share our thoughts. There are lots of things happening in the given week, so some of your favorites might not be included. But if you want us to discuss something, reach out. DM me at MichaelBlockTalk on Instagram. No promises. Um. All right, this is probably the last one we can do before. Glam nominations close. Oh what wow! Are we doing? Say it uh, one more time. Um, best duo with Vixen. Best competition for Hot Mess at House of Yes. Best host. Um, breakthrough. I've stopped campaigning for Breakthrough because a lot of the new kids are campaigning for it, and I feel bad. But because also no one really pays attention. So whatever. Um, yeah, those things. Amazing. I still have not submitted my um. Nominations. I'm 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 waiting until last minute because I'm 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 open. I do the I'm same thing. Book. I wait for the last I, day. If you would like me to nominate you, reach out. But I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it clear, people. If you're not nominating me, absolutely fucking not. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> um, also, let's start realizing what the word podcast means um, because some of these people really have a very loose definition of what the word is. Um, a podcast has to be an audio form, so. Ooh. Don't be a live show or I will fucking call you out. Wait, someone's nominating live shows for a podcast? Uh, there's a couple of people who record live and then attempt to put it on a podcast platform and call it a podcast. Um, you hear that sibling rivalry? No, not them. Um, they'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll probably be nominated anyway, but uh, you know who I'm talking about, people. You know, you know. All right. Um, that's it. Mega Block Talk for Best Writer. Block Talk. Best podcast. Let's do it. Attention Swifties. Your cult leader has dropped an album and it's not half bad. I, yeah, I actually listened to the whole thing. I was like, originally, I have a little bit of a history with not liking Taylor Swift because of an ex. But I oh, ironic. To, it's a girl. It is a whole story. I will tell you after the podcast. And if you want to bring it up next week, we could talk about it on the record. 
while well, the 11-time Grammy winner released Midnight, stating it is a collage of intensity, highs and lows, ebbs and flows. Life can be dark, starry, cloudy, terrifying, electrifying, hot, cold, romantic, or lonely, just like Midnight's. She wrote the 13-track album with longtime collaborator Jack Antonoff of the Bleachers and formerly fun, rest in peace. Oh, and uh, Lana Del Rey is there too, uh, man. So the question we all want to know is, who did she write about? Well, uh, Joe Alwyn, her longtime love, um, is clearly in there, though he also has a writing credit under a pseudonym, William Bowery. Um, we have some appearance from a writing track from Catwoman herself. Zoe Kravitz is on there. Yeah, that's um, me. Yeah. Overall, what did you think of the album? Um, I really, really liked it. Uh, Taylor Swift's albums, the earlier ones, like Speak Now and like Red, really helped me get through a breakup with my ex and like when I was in high school. So that was a lot. But then like, I feel like the last two albums I really haven't been able to connect with. It was like, they're just like weren't my vibe. But like this one, I feel like she's going back to her like, root roots yeah because it sounds familiar i did like the one um that she released during the pandemic i'm talking more so about um like Folklore. are you ready for it <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah yeah i didn't really relate to that one but this one feels familiar i really like it i think it's great background chill out music but also if you take the time to listen to it it really will resonate with you um, i mean we've all been there stuck up at night uh thinking about a person or a situation uh, you're on your own kid is the song that I think hit me. I was like, okay, wait. The song question like really hit me. And then also um, anti-hero. I think uh-huh, that, uh-huh. Too, that like, and also I didn't realize there were different, cause obviously I should have duh Taylor Swift, but like, I didn't realize there were so many different versions of the album already that I listened to the longest one. And I was like, I thought these had 13 songs. And then I got to like song 18. And then I went on line. I was like, oh fuck. What were you? Yeah. Um, Taylor has a lot of music. She's got a lot of things out there. She wants to make people feel things, and she's definitely made people feel things. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's a good album. I think it's definitely a different take on what we've heard from her before, but it still, as you said, has the familiarity of her sound um, and, also and her, her being... ability to write for people because we've all been in those situations. And I think that's what's universal about Taylor Swift. And a lot of people don't aren't able to capture a lot of people also think she's a secret lesbian well it's very possible i mean who isn't but um but first, like but i i didn't make like i wanted to be pay attention to that because like the swifties are usually on their shit when i say something early confidently like because that was like the album like got released and people were, like oh my gosh she's a lesbian and i'm like wait but like the songs aren't even out yet you just saw the track titles and then like if you look at the first i think it's the first seven songs have no pronouns interesting like you get to like the 10th one and it starts saying he but i was like she doesn't like that's not her mo like she's very purposeful like you know what i mean no absolutely um yeah i i I think this is going to be uh one of the best albums of the year um definitely has the potential to wow people um but i think the funny part about um midnights is the people who came out as taylor swift fans like who just a lot of people People that I didn't think ever like listened to Taylor Swift was like posting about it, um, like obsessively. Um, very interesting. No one actually likes to admit that they like Taylor Swift. I think that's what it is. I think it is is I think Taylor Swift is one of those artists who is a group think um, artist. If everybody likes it, everyone's going to like her. 
if mm. someone hates a, the album, no one, they're all going to ban it against her. It's she's very divisive, but there are the loyalists. There are a lot yeah, of loyalists. These are fucking crazy. Fine, I'll tell the story real quick. I was dating a Swifty at one point. It was back when um, they were doing the makeup competition at Stonewall for the lipsticks and all that shit. And I brought this guy on a first date there, whatever. We had fun. Then the second date, I didn't realize he was so obsessed with Taylor Swift that everything we talked about had to do with Taylor Swift. Every single thing. He went to go wash his hands in my house. Oh my God, this reminds me of the soap at Taylor's New York house. Like her dad totally like, he's been to her house before. That's how creepy it is. And then like, literally like mid coitus about to like, Haha. and he was like, I want you to fill my blank space, baby. Done. No. Uh, done. So there was like, certain people think I hate Taylor Swift. And I used to because of that. But like, come on. It was too much. Someone so, actually said that. Those were words that were said. That was terrible. No. And that wasn't one of the worst ones. Oh, God. There were worse things. Wow. Where is this person today? Do we know? Nope. Never heard of her. I literally like advanced ghost them on a date. It was great. And then I never heard from them since. Well, I'm sure they're loving this album, though. I hope so, for their own sake. <laughs> they didn't seem yeah. to like that uh, are you ready for it nonsense. So for their mental stability, I really hope they like this new album. Um, so you clearly left a blank space in their life. It- that joke sucked. You weren't ready for it. Wow. you, you Good lobby there. Good lobby there. Uh, friends, tell us what you thought of Midnight's. Um, what's your favorite track? Um, what made you cry? What made you feel things? Tell us, tell us, tell us. What's your favorite um, I, I think I, I really, like I've said, I think this one resonates with me because I've had my sleepless midnights before. Yeah. Um, but friends, if you cross me, you, I'm a writer. Um, I've written about people. Some of these plays that I've written like have never been produced and they should be worried that they're, um, if they ever do get produced because I call people out. I um, would love to see one of those shows. Oh my God, the amount of things me. I could write. You want to see me sit in the front row. That's about that bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, my memoirs when i finally write my memoirs mikey you're you're, you're going to be um written in there <sighs> kidding <laughs> all right shall i move on let's move on spoiler alert he dead and if he ain't well can't wait to see how they're gonna handle this one the halloween franchise has finished its reboot by killing off michael myers and giving their scream queen final girl jamie lee curtis a tranquil send-off so how did we really feel about halloween ends and Corey Cunningham was kind of sexy, wasn't he? Honestly, I have to be. I'm a horror fan, aficionado. Horror movies are my first love. My obsessions go food, horror movies, drag, weed, everything else. Like, seriously. Wow. Sex is very low for you. I'm shocked. Yeah, I don't really care about it. It's not my thing anymore. That's fair. That's fair. We all go through our 20s, the early 20s, and we're like, eh. Um, but I, my top five favorite horror movies of all time are It, Saw, Hostel, Halloween Original, and Freddy vs. Jason. Um, I will be honest, there were points in the franchise that I was afraid. There are movies that I will never watch again from the franchise, but I personally look going into this as a horror fan. I was a little okay with it because horror movies right now are kind of stagnant. They're not that eh, we're we're getting kind of like through a dry dry spell where things are just getting reproduced or like 
they're quick what ifs that like seem like a great concept, but then you watch the movie and you're like, no, oh, no, I'm good. Escape room. Um, but I was like, I was watching the movie. I was like, originally when I went into it, I was like, how would I want this franchise to end? And like, it was just like a gory, bloody battle. But the way they handled it, I kind of really appreciated and liked it because it was like a nod to the originals, but also it wasn't too predictable. Like there's only so many ways you can kill someone in a horror movie, especially like a classic iconic character. But I really think they did where, cause I didn't like the last one. This one I liked. So I think they like kind of fixed their boo-boos a little bit. Yeah. Um, could it have been better? Yes. Was it because the originals are always the best. So you really can't like. Right. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I think it was a very interesting bait and switch with a copycat killer that is yeah. also very much a cause of societal harm, bringing out the darkness of the human. That's definitely the moral of the story here. Mm. Um, I guess that my question is, will, will this be the end? Can there be a future of the John Carpenter franchise? And I feel like if they didn't kill Corey off, I think for sure we could have continued this journey. Um, but they killed him. Like, that's the the shocker for me. Uh, we knew, like, you knew Michael Myers was going to not make it this time. We knew Jamie Lee Curtis said, I'm done. Mm-hmm. So I thought Corey Carpenter was going to be the one who's going to continue on in the story, but they said, nah. He, he, I, have he went off. I have a few theories. I mean, I think personally, we've seen it in the past, especially with Halloween, with all the story resets. They reset stories, so nothing is ever in stone in stone. There was one interview Jamie Lee Curtis did, I think, with one of the Jimmies. It could be wrong. But she specifically worded that she would never be doing the Halloween in a specific way, where it kind of was like a, she didn't say the franchise was over. She said she was done playing Laurie. Right. So I really do think there is a chance for the character to come back. I don't think he's dead. I think Michael Myers is dead, but I don't think the new guy is dead. I think they're going to do something. How? 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 I think they're going to, that's what I think, because they never really, whenever someone dies in a horror movie that's actually like dead, dead, unless you see what happened to Michael happen to them, there's right. always a chance they could bring him back anytime, any place, anywhere. It's all franchises done in a hundred times. Like, you always think that one bitch is dead and she's like, hi, I'm going to be your friend again. You're like, no, I thought you were dead. Um, favorite kill. Favorite kill from the new one? It doesn't count as a kill, but the moment where she has him like Jesus on the kitchen uh-huh. counter, that was my favorite part. Because at first I thought they were going to just be like, okay, she's going to like kill him and just like let him bleed out and that's going to be it. And then she's going to like loop. I thought she was going to kill herself. I thought that was going to be like the he dies, I die kind of thing. And sure. that's why I was afraid they were going to go with because if they did that, I would not have liked the ending. But the idea that you get to see the whole town re-rally behind her and then being like, no, this got like, you thought y'all thought I was just being a lot. Like that I think was my favorite part. Cause she finally got her like haha moment. I, I mean, obviously the best kill is Michael. Cause that was like just vile and obviously finite it's done. Um, but I got to say one of the sh- most shocking kills that I thought was just disgusting and gross, but also kind of a slay mm-hmm. was the DJ. Yeah. Yeah, all yeah. The DJ. Yeah. And it was just the way he like basically tortured him after with cutting mm-hmm. out the tongue and then putting it on the fucking record and it just skipped. Oh, that skip gross. Moment. That's get that 
see that's like iconic old school horror like that when yes. when uh johnny depp in friday i think it was nightmare on elm street the original when the in the bed and the blood comes through the bed like moments like that are just like things that are like why i love horror movies um the only two things in the movie that i really didn't care for i hated really the bully trope um it was really gross because you had these like de facto bullies like they weren't really the bullies here they were just because they were with him that got killed for like whatever what it is a thing thing. exactly but i um if there's one character i never ever want to see again is allison just she is a whiny bitch the daughter yes the granddaughter um i don't mean this in a bitchy way because like i'm not an actor so like i don't know i didn't go to amda i don't i'm not a broadway gay I'm like a Broadway gay by like association because I'm drag queen, whatever. But like, I didn't think she was a good actor from start to finish. Yeah, she's not good. The movie where the mom was still alive and they all were in the basement. I think that was Halloween, the one before the last one. Her acting was decent in that one. For some reason, after that movie, I feel like she was just like, oh, I'm in. I don't need to act anymore. I'm in this. I'm in this franchise. I'm yeah, it was it was the character choices, the way they like built the character. I was like, you you really are just bipolar. Like you, you have no sense of anything. You have no sense of anything. It's not like you realize like because like I, I there was a point where I thought she was gonna like definitively go against her grandmother and like try to like be like this is all your fault and like have a I thought they were gonna have like a fight with like yeah. knives and like Michael and I thought it was gonna be so in my perfect horror movie mind world. Her and the grandmother would, her and Lori would fight on one side of the house and Michael and new Michael would fight on the other side of the house and like not realize they're both fighting. And like, you know what I mean? And like, uh-huh. that was, like she put a knife down, so he picks it up to use it and like shit like that. I was really looking forward to that. And I hope they were, that they were going to like do like passing the torch, but they kind of were like, no, everyone's dead. Yeah. Get over it. Um, basically, dead. if you date Allison, you will die. So don't date Allison. Everyone should date and dies. Thank God I'm a homosexual. Um, Halloween ends. It's over. Um, we'll see what happens next. We'll see what uh, horror franchise gets rebooted next. I have a theory. Okay, let's hear it. So there was a horror movie script and plot. I don't know. It was never confirmed that it was fan-made or not. People think it's not fan-made, but there was the theory of doing a horror movie where it's this kind of like middle or middle hell kind of thing where all the every single horror movie icon that you've ever seen are all in the same underworld, Middle Earth kind of vibe, and that only one of them gets to come back to life, and they all had to kill each other to like fight to the death to come back. That has to be fan fiction because that would be the most expensive horror movie ever because you'd have to get the rights for it from one single studio to get it. Well, I mean, either that or it has to be produced really badly because they did make that um, scary movie. Like, you know how that scary movie one through five, they came out with one not recently, semi recently. It's the same creators completely different movie title and it's about the five iconic horror movie characters going to kill people or something and then like going on an adventure like kind of Harold and Kumar style and it's really funny all right I'll have to find that one yeah I highly recommend that it's a make Mike watch for sure all right here's to the lady who quits on the heels of the Lilius White scandal of last week lady Patty Lapone has announced she has quit equity and placed her Broadway career in jeopardy after being lumped into the hoopla following Lilius White in the caption device, the Tony winner has said she's not retiring from the stage, but has stated she's gone for a little bit. 
Broadway has changed considerably. Where they have dumbed down the audience as Broadway is turning into Disneyland, a circus in Las Vegas, as well as stating that ticket prices are outrageous. Well, Patty got a solution for you. Um, cut your salary and give the money back to those who can't afford the tickets. Then it won't be so expensive. Amen. Um, what do you think of Patty's stance to no longer pay money into the union? Now, to be fair, I was part of Actors Equity for a very long time, and I quit because they didn't shit for me as a stage manager. I think it's smart. I mean, it's kind of like it's time because there's a lot of whatchamacallit of these systems that are in place like equity or like think like I don't understand how it works I don't want to understand how it works because like I will never have to go through that struggle but I worked with someone while I was at Starbucks who always talked about like their equity versus non-equity acting jobs and like how like they like moved around the country to use parts that they loved and they loved their craft and they did it because of the love of it but like seeing the torture of them like flying around the country at random points of the year, they just got married and they had to drop their life to try to build up for that equity card. And then like when they got it, it was kind of like a, huh, I still have to fly around the country and this is making me miserable and I have to pay all this money. What the fuck? Yeah, no, I mean, I think any actor union right now is, is um, very interesting because it's, um, it's a pay to play. If you have, mm-hmm. if you're in equity, it just gets you into a, a bigger room that really, means you're still competing with the same group of people just more talented um i i i think for me the whole part of patty lapone making this announcement was the timing um because it really felt like it was her saying i don't want to be lumped into this uh y'all figure it out meaning like i did what i had to do i stand by my decision to yell at the person uh whatever lilius white did i don't want to be a part of it that's what it uh-huh. felt like the timing was terrible um, but I understand her sentiment when she followed up with the, the tweet. But um, at the end of the day, we still have a lot of problems with Broadway, and that's going to be the bigger issue. I don't think the audiences are dumbed down. I think what the uh, problem with Broadway is, is they're trying to cater to the wrong kind of audience. Yeah, I also think the content is being not dumbed down, but like obviously Leah Michelle being Fanny Bryce is a power, it's like a play because Glee and like that's like a, like a, cause like, that type of casting has always been a thing. Like, stunt casting is real. It's a, like you have to do hard. it. Stunt casting is real, and I get that. But I feel like it's not being done well anymore. Like it used to be done in like a, oh my goodness gracious, this amazing actor who I would never get to see on Broadway for a month. Wow, like it's a chance. And now it's more so. Well, we need to piss people off. <laughs> it kind of feels that way sometimes. Uh, yeah, I just, I feel like it's all about the money, money, money. And I re- I don't think it's about the art of theater anymore. Um, I'm not saying you shouldn't be producing musicals based on um, movies or producing musicals that have scores that are all of a uh, single artist. That's fine. It's still part of the art. It, everything has always been inspired by something. Most of the early musicals were based on books. So like, it's not like they're all completely original. There is, there are original ideas. We get to see original ideas. It's just how they're being given to us. It's too expensive to see a Broadway show and that has to be fixed. I don't know who's going to be able to fix it because um, everyone's just greedy when it comes to money and theater and all that shit. But there is a better way to get more people into the audience. Broadway actors are 
very much so the least paid actors in the acting world. Um, maybe that has to change. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I see both sides of the story because like, it's one of those things that this has just been a system that's been on for so long. And like, just now, I just, I, I get, at the end of the day, I, I get she did what she did just to like, kind of like, get away from like, this, like that, oh, you're putting that shit on me. That's not my problem. I gotta go. I did my job. I'm out. But I just think that it needs to collapse and then it needs to be restarted. And that's what the pandemic was supposed to do, but mm-hmm. it clearly failed miserably. Yeah. People um, and the other thing with Patty Lapone is if she wants to perform on stage anywhere regionally uh, as an equity actor, she can do it. The, the production will pay for it. You know, the, the equity will bring her back. It's not like they're going to be like, oh, you quit us. We're never allowing you back on stage. This was just stupid. And we did not need to hear this. This was clickbait. And I will say now, mm-hmm. I think she said it. So it would get Ryan Murphy some buzz for American Horror Story, which she appears in. Oh my God. That was, I hate it. Okay. I don't like the new season yet. It hasn't won me over yet. I do love that it's hella gay, but her singing while boys are just trying to fuck. Ugh. I mean, that's reality though. I mean, how many gays have had sex with um, Patti LuPone singing in the background? That's fair. Just now she's there in person. Mm-hmm. But that's- yeah, I, I think the time was bad. That's what I don't appreciate. I think her sentiment is right. Um, Broadway has a lot of work to do, and I don't know who's going to do the work because the people who are supposed to be doing the work is still yet to learn. Yeah, I just, I, well, the, you know, honestly, the minute I realized Broadway needed some fixing was when I saw the Try Guys get on Broadway. That's when I knew. Yeah, I can't believe you just brought the Try Guys into this podcast. I'm going to bring them up every podcast. <sighs> I'll see. I'd like to see you try. Guy. <laughs> Patty, um, good luck to whatever you do next. Stop ruining television shows, though. I, I'm kind of over that. What show did you ruin? Penny Dreadful. I had to stop watching because she was so bad on that. Oh, I didn't watch Penny Dreadful. I so loved I can't. it. All right. Tip to all the celebrities out there. Don't be a dick to your servers because they will speak out and you'll get called out for it. In a battle that no one had on their bingo card, the late, late show host James Corden was called out by Balthazar owner Keith McNally as the most abusive customer to his servers. McNally stated that earlier this week, he banned him from the eatery. Corden attempted to clear his name of any wrongdoing in the New York Times, but McNally said it was not enough. And if Corden does apologize to the two servers he insulted, he'll let him eat free at Balthazar for the next 10 years. So what you think? Will James Corden do it? No, um, he doesn't have money. He can do whatever he wants. Um, I hate James Corden. We all do. Everyone does. I think it's like a thing that like they hate him in the UK and we hate him here too. Like, and it's not like a hate as in like he's done anything directly wrong. It's just he has found a new way for me to not like cis straight white men. You know, that's fair. Just like, infl- infiltrating everything. I didn't like them because they were ignorant. Now I don't like him because it's not like he's too awoke or whatever word you want to use, but like he's too, I don't know. I just don't like him. But anyway, I digress. Um, 
No, he has money. People with money don't have to ever really apologize. They just kind of do it if they want to. And I think this is a situ- very situational thing. And I mean, the only way that this would have actually done, like any way that he'd actually have apologized or had changed or whatever, is if other restaurants came forward and like, yeah, no, he's a shit person. That's what I was going to say. But has that happened yet? Not yet. Because um, that's the thing. It's like, you know that James Corden walks into your restaurant, people are going to buzz and talk about it. I say, if he's going to apologize to the servers and does get to eat free for the next 10 years, he should donate that money that he was going to spend to a charity. If you really want to fix your um, persona and have people not hate you like the way we're speaking about him, make it better. Mm -hmm. Donate to charities. Make servers uh, feel appreciated. That's the easiest thing a celebrity can do when they go out to eat. Give a good tip. Yeah. just Be nice to your servers. I just, I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand whenever like you see these um, posts come out from a server being like, oh my God, this celebrity tipped me not even 10% or didn't tip at all. Like, I just don't get it. It's kind of one of those things that's, I, what I think is they've never worked that job in their life or they're so like removed from that world that even if they had a server job like 15, 20 years ago, that's not their MO anymore. They're like, okay, great. I had to put up with shit. So you have to put up with shit. Is like I know like in the drag community, a lot of people that I work with are trying to change the mindset of, oh, I went through this, so you have to go through it. And it's trying to be more so uh, oh, we build each other up, or I was there, here's a bigger tip, or things like that. And not everyone sees it that way. They all think that you have to like put your time and put your due in and then it's like okay but when you get to this celebrity status and you think that you're unstoppable and reachable it's good to have moments like these where people are like no 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 you're a shitty person i'm going to tell the world that you're a shitty person that's right. that you're not untouchable my thing though is even if you are a celebrity there was a point of time you where most likely you were not a celebrity mm-hmm. and you probably ate out as a non-celebrity so you've experienced being a non-celebrity going to a restaurant you know how to tip you know how to treat a server why does it change what's the difference now time giving someone time of being in a spotlight and being famous and being on this shit and it's also i'm not defending him but i like as someone who works in the public i i use air quotes and i use that very loosely i work in places where there are people and i have to be on and i get that aspect where there are times that people after the show are drunk trying to talk to me and I'm just like yeah I'm gonna go downstairs before I like make fun of you and make you cry because I'm so tired and like but still that's me being the bigger person if you are not in the mood to be around people don't go to that restaurant I mean literally one of the complaints he had was egg whites in his wife's omelet or something and I was like seriously well that's okay. your biggest problem but back to when I you were was working at Starbucks I worked at Starbucks for four years and the entirety of the four years of working there, a very famous movie producer had his apartment when he was in New York on in that building, Spike Lee. So uh-huh. um, the first year I worked, I think I talked about this before. The first year I worked there, he was an absolute asshole to me. The second year I worked there, he started remembering who I was and started like actively like making sure I kept everything in order and would complain and ask 500 questions. The third year, he finally realized I knew how to do my job and would let me do it. And then the fourth year, he finally was nice to me and struck conversations. <laughs> celebrities spiky, spiky, think spiky. Different. I think celebrities just think different and they think that they have to keep their guard ultra high or be assholes so you don't let anyone in. So this way, once it becomes a regular thing, but he's a regular, 
he was a regular patron of this restaurant, right? I believe so. So even that idea is crossed out because he's just an asshole. It's fair. Um, Zalika, what else should we ban James Corden from? Movie musicals. Um, the Sidewalk. And if you don't get that reference, he does Sidewalk musicals. And like, I think it's the dumbest thing. It's really frustrating to watch. Um, the queer community and Tinder. Um, any award show, really. Yeah. So you just don't want James Corden on your screen ever again. No, 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 no. I, he could stay on his late show. Let him stay in his leave little it. late show. He's Keep leaving. Him there. Keep him there. Oh, he's leaving? Yeah. Oh, well, then I guess, no, I don't want to see him anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's done. He's, he's, leaving. He, he's going home. He's in his prime where he should just start writing books. He could write books. That's it. Just write books. People Like, like books. Jeanette McCarty books? I mean, sure. I would love to see what he went through and what pain and suffering he has. I would love that. That would make a straight white male. Yeah, so hard. James Corden, um, just start being nice. We all hate you. Just be nice. He does. That's the other thing is he like, there was a horror movie on Hulu about like kids going to the zoo and then like a zombie attack happening out of nowhere. And Gad from Frozen, who played Olaf. Uh-huh, Josh Gad. He plays exactly who James Corden really is. He's just like, I'm the lovable goofy guy. <laughs> and behind closed doors is an alcoholic fucking all the parents. And it's like, fuck kids, fuck these people. And I'm like, that's who I think James Corden actually is. So per- purely for this reference, I watch that movie. And then next week we can be like, oh yeah, that is James Corden. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll add it to my list. Though I, I last night I was so out of it. I was like, I'm going to rewatch Doctor Who. So I've started that journey again. Oh, you have fun with that. I love Doctor Who. I Tomorrow is the end of the 13th Doctor. I hope they just... Like, don't you, don't you say stop it. I, uh-uh. No, Doctor I'm saying I just die. hope they don't go back to a boring... Because the next... Are they still in the female Doctor? She ends tomorrow and we go back, we go to a queer doctor. I'm happy. I just have I hope they keep going down that route. They keep going down different types of the doctor and not go back to boring white guys. Except if they bring back David Tennant, I'll take that one every day, everywhere. Yeah. Best doctor ever. I said it. Sure. All right. Last weekend. Thousands of day-drinking reality TV junkies took over the Javits Center for the latest con, BravoCon. Some fans compared it to the shit show known as Fire Festival, noting that they waited on lines for panels for hours only to have stampedes into the panel rooms and being over capacity, causing some VIPs and SVIPs not to get in. Prices for the event ranged from $430 for three-day general admission to $1950 for SVIP. Some of the highlights and lowlights that came for the weekend, including the announcement of the entirely new cast of Real Housewives of New York, Lisa Rinna being booed as she made a surprise appearance, the Real Housewives of New Jersey cast forcing themselves to be split into two separate panels, and much, much more. Other reported moments, including Chrissy Teigen taking the front row of the press section, no celebrity cameos aside from Anderson Cooper, and various male Bravo celebrities taking their shirts off. Zalika, what are your favorite Bravo shows? Vanderbump. Yeah, it, they, like the they're all so dumb but so hot. It's fun to watch. Um, I used to watch the Kardashians. Don't really count. They're e celebrities, I guess. Yeah, wrong wrong network. 
I, so hear me out. I am not a Bravo stan. I am not a Bravian. I don't bravo. But I really hate Andy so much that I we will I watch the compilations of the reunions where they call him out or they yell at him and he gets flustered and it's just fun to watch. Um, that being said, holy shit, I did not realize it was such a shit show. Yeah. Um, would you attend this event? If I got paid to, like if it was like a, they hired drag queens to be housewives. Yeah. Would um, I, I would go as press. I, that I would go as press to cover everything, be in, get into the rooms that I need to get into. Um, oh my God. Like I am not the biggest Bravo fan. I, I watched Real Housewives in New Jersey because that's some people. Mm-hmm. Um, though if, if you haven't heard, there was some drama with that um, at the hotel. Um, Jen decided to throw a drink in the direction of Joe and Melissa and missed and caused a big hoopla. Um, so that happened, but it wasn't even at BravoCon, but it was just during the weekend. But Jesus. why are we, the collective we, so obsessed with these Andy Cohen franchises? I think it's just any contrived drama that we're not involved in. It's a safe comfort space because we get to watch it from afar. And like it, since it's alive and it's real, it's like an entity that like it, we as a community could watch it fuck up and implode and like it's kind of just like big brother it's kind of like survivor it's like it's a controlled environment where there's drama and since it's not directly affecting us we thrive off of it because we can give our opinion without getting hurt without it's kind of like drag race in the early days where like oh my god drag queens on tv well she's not gonna go do, do good because that hair and that that but up before it turned into what it did and i think that's more brought like as we're seeing but that's what Bravo and everything else is turning into. I think that's what do it you th- is. Do you Super think fun. we watch these Bravo shows because their lives are for the average person unattainable? So it's easy to see it as entertainment while these people who are actually on the shows, this is their lives. Yeah, I think that's def- definitely it. And like, because I remember when A List New York and A List Dallas were out, those used to be my shows. For those who don't know, it was kind of like Real Housewives, but with gay men. And like, it was like the same thing. Like they were going to these rich funky dinners. Like Mike Ruiz was on A-List New York and like Lance Bass's ex-boyfriend was on it. And like, it was very like drama, drama, could I have drama, rich fancy dinner parties, drama. And you're like, oh, it's just so good. Cause again, it's like a sitcom, but because it's real and breathing, it's something that we could like see. It's kind of like that. Like it's a dream and a thing we could see and it's a reality that's real but we don't have to go near it. So it doesn't really affect us. So our mental health yeah. is still good. Yeah. Um, Bravo con second year they did it. I think in concept, it's fun. It's smart. I mean, why not take a weekend to exploit the fans, but what are you actually getting out of it that other conventions do better? Like what, what can you do at Bravo con to make it worthwhile? I think it would, if the way that I think would make it lucrative is kind of what Drag Race did with like the all the behind the scenes shit on Wild WoW Plus and all that fun stuff, if they made like a movie special or a limited engagement series where they had like BravoCon, house like the Housewives of BravoCon All Stars and treated it like a Housewives All Star season, yeah, and, like, did a play by play like it was a three episode special each day was a different episode or like 
go behind the scenes online because that's really how these things make money it's the people who can't get in who really wanted to go will spend what pennies they do have to get to the behind the scenes stuff and that's what it's really all about it doesn't i mean i used to i used to watch the drag con panels when they put it on youtube yeah like Uh, those were great did you did you get to watch um bring back my girls the first episode um i discontinued my wow presents plus membership because i'm broke but <laughs> no, I heard it was really good. I heard it was, it was really great. Good. I mean, I, I was at the actual panel that they premiered uh, with. So it was really cool to see how they um, not only like cut it because they kept the majority of it in, um, but also the fun thing that they did was that they did like side by sides or they referenced something, they threw it on the screen. So it was more um, interactive in the sense of your understanding what they're saying, mm-hmm. uh, though it was really, really fun for this first one um where this happened in may before all-star sevens debuted and uh i think mo hart makes reference to um uh well make a season where no one goes home and it's a point system uh where no one knows what it's referencing but we'd all know what it was referencing uh so it was very funny to listen to her make that comment in may when no one was supposed to know that's how the all-star season worked um, so there's going to be a lot of those little tidbits within it, but I think you're right. I think something like that, where those who can't attend are still able to feel like they can partake, mm-hmm. maybe they'll start saving money to want to go in the future. It's a middle America cash grab. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of drama. Um, Lisa Rinna, I, I don't know how she still has a career, um, but I guess she's good TV. I love her lips so much. The whole I mean, for Jackie Cox's sake, she needs to have a career, right? No, Jackie Cox is fine. Jackie Cox is doing great. She's doing she got enough good. cabaret show. She good. Um, if you were on a Real Housewives franchise, which one would it be? Um, I would want to be. I would want to be on one of like those random new seasons that they've been doing. Like, if they had like a real, and this isn't a real one, but like if they had Real Housewives of Italy. A Real Housewives of Bologna, and it's kind of like a, I just married a rich man in Bologna, and I am now a stepmommy, blah, 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 and like just came in and like did it kind of like as a vacation stint. Jeff's kiss. Now, if they made Real Housewives of House of Yes, <laughs> who are the five cast members? Um, I would be like a side character. I wouldn't even be one of the main ones. I'd be definitely a side character. Um, a friend of. A friend of, yeah. Uh, Madam Vivian V. Um, BB Beatrice, who's an amazing choreographer. They choreographed um, the performance we did at the Glam Awards. I would say one of the own- owners. There's four of them. So definitely okay. one of the owners and then the rest would be the friends of, you know how like there's always that one real housewife who kind of like just comes in, does absolutely nothing, starts shit and then leaves for three episodes. Yes. That would be one of them for. Um, I also think one of our bartenders would probably be a really, that would be like to mix shit up. So I'd probably say Chelsea, they're, they're the head bartender person. And they're really good at their job, but they're also really good at poker facing and calling shit out. So they'd be great. And then probably Rhiannon. Rhiannon would be the new housewife because she 
does mostly like consent and outside stuff she'd be the new housewife who's like i'm just here to have fun blah blah blah. by the end of the season everyone's dead and she'd be the head pip, the head pin so she'd flip the table she would flip the table there it is uh real housewives of house of yes coming to nowhere next only season. fans <laughs> only fans there it is all right zalika uh what are you looking forward to next week next week i'm looking forward to i'm going to a spa because my back has been killing me and I've been meaning to go since I want to say early August, but I keep putting it off because work. Um, I'm also really excited fucking Halloween weekend. I'm, I'm hosting a rock concert in Ridgewood. Um, two brunches, housey yeses, shenanigans. And also what I'm most excited for is I want to see the movie Smile so fucking bad. So I'm making it a point Next Tuesday, I'm doing nothing. I'm going to go see the movie Smile. And that's it. Well, you'll have to report back and see if I made you smile or cry or laugh or scream. Oh, and I'm also really excited. November's Hot Mess is a wild card one. And then December is the big grand finale. I'm really, really excited for that. I've been over planning for that. That's exciting. Full choreography, backup dancers, extravaganza. Um, Obviously, I've already mentioned what I'm excited for. Uh, last episode with the doctor, 13th doctor. I am so excited, Jody Whitaker. I look forward to seeing how you end things. I hope you do get your smooch with Yaz. We all want it. Make them kiss. Make them kiss. Um, I love Doctor Who. I'm so excited to see what happens next. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a fun week of uh, me trying to get over whatever I have because of the vac- monkey box vaccine dose, too. Oh, this episode was rough for me, but we're here. We finished it. You did Zalika, it. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? You can find me on Instagram at ZalikaNYC. That is Z as in zebra, A as in anal, L as in licking, I as in incest, K as in kangaroo, A as in alphabet, NYC, like the city I live in. Um, you could also find me on Venmo at tip the drag queen, tip like my pee the drag queen like my job. Also on Cash Shop on Zelle too, because apparently people use that now. Um, I... Plug house, yes, plug brunch. I have brunch, cabaret on Saturdays, Salrose on Sundays. Um, that's pretty much it. Live in the dream. Live in the dream. Until next time. Goodbye. 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 A big thanks to Zalika for coming on. Subscribe to your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash blog talk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theurbanow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. <laughs> <laughs>